Today, though, I really want to talk about getting to the other side of anxiety. Uh, you know, we live in a world that, man, is full of pressure and stress, and I, I want to see some of you, I want to see some of us get to the other side of that, the other side of anxiety. And so we're going to talk about that uh, in Scripture today. Uh, but the context uh, for where we've been in this series has been uh, Exodus chapter 14. It's a, it's a familiar passage of scripture where we find the Israelites hard-pressed. We find the Hebrews, the people that Jesus called, uh, in, a, in a tight spot. They, they've got the raging army of Pharaoh coming up behind them, and two million plus of them are staring the Red Sea smack in the face. Like, how do we get across this? They're pressed on every side. And, and, and we know the story by now. We know that they had been in slavery for over 400 years. And then suddenly God swoops in and says, I'm going to deliver you from that. I'm going to free you from that. He sends Moses in to talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh finally agrees to release the people. Can you imagine? 400 years of captivity, 400 years of slavery. Your ancestors didn't know anything other than what slavery was. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes in with the name of God attached to them and you find freedom. Can you imagine that? feeling in your life and so they pack up their things and they begin to march out but almost as matter-of-factly as as pharaoh let them go he changed his heart and said no 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 we're gonna go after those people we're gonna bring them back and so he begins to chase them down and there they are at the the red sea they, they don't know how to get across and they don't have weapons to protect themselves with they don't have chariots to outrun pharaoh's army they've got none of that and, and they really, they don't have much to cling to, or so they think. Come on, somebody. We know the end of the story. And so it's right there in that pressure cooker situation that God speaks through Moses and instructs them uh, in really in four things. And those have been the four things that we've been talking about together over the last course of time. And it's found in Exodus 14. For those of you that might just be joining us today, I want to read this to kind of catch you up. But in verse 13, it says this. It says, And Moses said to the people, What? Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. I love that. And then it goes on and says, For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more, and I love he adds the word forever on the end of that. And then in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel what? Go forth. There you are, lead church. See, we got these four principles that we found in this, and we've been reciting them together because I've been trying to get them from your head into your heart so that because out of the abundance of the heart, we've talked about this, what? We, that's, that's what comes out. That's what, how we do life. And so I want to do that again. And so I want to recite this. We're going to put these up on the screen for you, but it, there's four things. It's, it's, it's fear not, stand still, hold your peace, and go forward. Now, we're going to say this once, but depending on how well you do, we might say it more than that, okay? So... Here we go. Let's say it together. Fear not. Oh, I like that. Let's just do uh, one more time. Let's do that again. That was good. All right, here we go. Fear not. Stand still. Hold your peace and go. Come on, lead church. Yeah. There's something in you today. I feel it. But this has been the premise of what we've been talking about. That, that these four things God gave to the Israelites and he given them to us today to say, hey, this is how you make it to the other side of when you come up against challenges in this life. You know, I'm convinced that one of the greatest ploys of the enemy these days 
is to keep us so anxious, so wound up, so uptight and frustrated and worried, that, and, and even that we will miss out on God's best for our life. We're just anxious, and if something doesn't go the right way, we're like, oh, I'm going to miss out. And, and the enemy, listen, let me tell you, he tries to do everything that he can do possible to keep us from heaven. He doesn't want us to inherit what God has planned for us. But if he can't keep us from getting that, how many of y'all know he will make it hell on earth and try to, to keep us from experiencing heaven on earth? That's the way he operates. And, and, and heaven on earth, that's what peace is. It's the peace of God that, that transcends all understanding. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes here. But God's supernatural peace, it allows us to rise above. Look at your neighbor and say, rise above yeah, we're audience participation here at Lead Church. You look at somebody else and say, I want you to rise above it this week. You see, it's God's supernatural peace. That, now, don't get all friendly on me. Now, come back here. It's God's supernatural peace that allows us to rise above things in our life. It's to rise above the pain, to rise above circumstances, to rise above turmoil, to rise above a broken relationship, to rise un above the uncertainty that we all face, every single one of us. And, and it's with God's peace that we can find a resting place from the battles that come against us. I've learned to live and seek out the peace of God in my life. That when there's chaos and turmoil in Josh Watson, I've learned that that is not how God has designed me to operate. And so therefore my flesh is not in agreement with his word in some way. And I've got to figure that out. In other words, we shouldn't just try to use our faith to try to get rid of all our problems. Yes, we can do that. But we should also use our faith to remain at peace in the midst of problems. You hear me this morning? And, and, and what I want to do is I want to look actually at another Bible story that we probably know well. We'll see it in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. But it, it's the disciples trying to get to the other side as well. It's a story that if you've grown up in church for any length of time, you probably know this. But I want to go to verse 37, and we're going to read this story together. It says this, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Let's just stop there for a minute. Has anybody had a storm that was beating into the boat? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it wasn't anything you did, but here comes the wave, and wave upon wave upon, it's beating into the boat, and there's water in the boat. In other words, what's happening? It's going down. It's sinking. And this is where they find themselves. And he, but he, being Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Can I just say to this to some of you today, if you don't get anything else out of this, if Jesus is sleeping on a pillow, why are you worrying? If Jesus is at peace, why are you at turmoil in your life? But, it, but here he is, he's sleeping on a pillow. And they awoke, him, they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Isn't it interesting? They took their problem and they threw it on somebody else. Huh? Anybody done that before? <laughs> Jesus, here's my problem. I'm throwing it on you, baby. <laughs> What's going on? Why, why, you, you know, I, this is the problem in my marriage. What are you doing wrong, spouse? Right? Why aren't you solving this? Isn't that it? Now, they're throwing it on the right person, okay, in this scenario. But how many times have we thrown our problems on somebody else because we don't like the outcome that's happening? 
And this is where they're at. Then it says this, then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what? Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So here's Jesus, he's sleeping in the boat and suddenly this huge storm arises on the sea. And the winds are fierce, they're strong, it's battling again it against this boat, and the, the boat's thrown back and forth, there's water in it, all they got is a little red solo cup, come on in, they're trying to empty the boat out, something, I don't know. I can go so many places with that from there. But the disciples, they're, they're upset, they're anxious, they're like, we're dying here, Jesus. And finally, Jesus wakes up, and this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus wakes up, and, and, and he, he, he sees what's unfolding in front of them, and he simply speaks to it and says, peace, be still. He doesn't get riled up with them. He doesn't get anxious with them. He just simply speaks to the storm that's putting water in the boat, and he says, peace, be still. And instantly, the Bible says the waves subside and the Sea of Galilee, it becomes this glassy, it's great skiing weather now, right? You're out there water skiing. It's, it's calm. And that's Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to get from this. I'm trying to have fun with you this morning. But, but here's the important truth that you need to, to get in your spirit. The reason that Jesus was able to bring peace to the situation is because he already had peace inside of him. The peace was already in him. He was in the storm, but the storm wasn't in him. Do you hear me this morning? The, the reason peace came was because the peace was not on the outside, it was on the inside, and he spoke to it. And what was, again, I mean, here we go, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's on the inside comes out, and it changes the environment. Listen, there's power on the inside of you to change some environments in your life. There's power on the inside of you to speak into some storms in your life and simply say, peace be still. Because the peace that's on the inside of me, I'm not going to let it get, get tainted by the storm that's on the outside. I'm not going to allow anxiety to come into my life like this. And Lee Church, listen to me. The exact same thing that Jesus did, the same way that when we are in a storm, we can be in the storm, but we don't have to allow the storm inside of us. The Holy Spirit has said it this way, that he has sealed you. Come on, somebody. He sealed you until the day of redemption. And so if he sealed you, why in the world are we putting a tear or a, a, something in that to allow something on the outside to come in? He's saying, you don't need that. He sealed you until the day of redemption. See, here's the deal. Peace is not necessarily the absence of trouble. That's not what peace is nor is it always the absence of your enemies. You're going to have people that you war with in this world that, that come against you. But peace, you can, listen, you can have trouble, you can have conflict, you can have it on the outside, but can I be honest with you? You can still, despite that, have a supernatural peace that is on the inside of you. It's there for the taking. You don't have to live anxious. You don't have to live that way. You know, as I was studying this out, uh, the great theologian of our times, one of them, uh, Dr. Phil, um, proclaimed, <laughs> having a little fun, I like the man, okay, uh, but, he, but he, he said this, one of the things he said, he says, you know, you can really find inner peace within yourself uh, if, you, you, if, you have, if you finish things. I'm like, 
okay, I can go along with that. There's some things in my life. Anybody got some things in your life that you can finish? Some projects, undone projects, things in your life that you can finish? I was like, you know what? I want to be a, a man of truth, and I want to preach from integrity. So I was like, if I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to finish some things this week. And so this week, I, you know, I took it upon myself to do that. And so I finished the chocolate chip cookies at my house. I finished a pot of coffee. I finished some things. And man, let me tell you, I do I feel good. I really do, yeah. But, yeah, I know it was getting heavy, so I wanted to lighten up a bit. But here's the deal. Maybe today you're anxious. Maybe you're worried about something. Maybe some aspect of your life isn't going as you designed it. Now, let me remind you right there that God is the author and the finisher of your faith, of your life. But perhaps you're concerned about your finances. It's not where you want it to be. Maybe there's a situation at work that's just stewing and brewing on the inside of you. And it's unjust. It's unfair. You don't like the way things are playing out. And you're just frustrated and there's anxiety on the inside of you. Maybe you're letting a situation in life really get on the inside of you and just great on the inside of you. And there's just a ball of nerves and emotion. And you're wearing yourself out day after day. Week after week, year after year, it weighs on you. It's draining your joy. It's draining your energy. It's tapping your strength. And, and your enthusiasm is waning because there's just anxiety that's building on you. Because, see, you've let the storm on the outside get on the inside, and you know, man, I've got to make some changes. I've got to make some changes to the way I'm operating. And listen, maybe you're sitting here and saying this, because I've done this before. I'm raising my hand first for this. You, maybe you're saying, listen, as soon as I get through this, whatever this is, then I'm going to get back to my normal self. Can I just encourage you this morning? In fact, maybe discourage you this morning that uh, whatever challenge that you're currently going through, when you get to the other side of that, there's going to be another one there waiting for you. There's going to be another problem there waiting for you. There's going to be another situation that you have to deal with. So don't take too much stock or hope that you're going to change when you get to the other side of something. You've got to change now. Change begins right now. Listen, until, here's, I wrote it this way in my notes. I said, until we get to the place of supernatural peace, God cannot work in our life the way that he wants to. We have to find the supernatural peace of the Holy Spirit in our life. Why is that? Why can't God work when we don't have that in our life? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. It's because God's, God works where he works, where he does his best. There is always a peaceful attitude. There's always faith and expectancy. That is the environment that draws the attention of heaven. You see, attitudes of unbelief and worry and despair and discouragement. Listen, I need you to understand, those limit God. When, when that is what's coming out of us, we are, with our very words, with our very thoughts, we are limiting the power and the presence of God in our life. Because see, every day you're going to have opportunities to lose your peace. I just kind of went through my own week to find this out. Starting last Sunday, I had an opportunity to lose my peace. I'm not going to go into the whole story because I don't have time, but I had a, a little dog that I actually call a cat that got in a fight with the bigger dog, and I ended up in the ER on Sunday night. And I had an opportunity to lose my peace when the vet came and told me what the bill was going to be because I was like, that ain't cool. <laughs> 
I had an opportunity to lose my peace. I, the, the, the other opportunity that I have to lose my pace on a daily basis, let me just be honest with you, is it's really, really easy to get upset in the car. I don't know if you drive in the same world that I drive in, but when I'm going down the road, I'm like, why did you do that? And I want to call them things other than, you know, Jesus' names. It's just like, why did you do that? I think that I'm the world's best driver, and all of you don't know how to drive. I don't know of it. You know, a car cuts you off, and you get, you know, flared up. And let me tell you, the eyes on the front row right now are just staring right through me. It's intense. Maybe somebody hurts you. Maybe you could lose your peace because somebody offended you, and it's easy to take up the spirit of offense in your life. Listen, instead of getting yourself worked up, you can say this. You can say, listen, no, I'm going to stay at peace. I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to stand still and stay at peace. I'm not going to allow this to steal my joy. Maybe perhaps, again, maybe you got a boss that's not treating you fairly. You didn't get the credit or the promotion that you think that you deserved and you had been working for, a, for quite a while. Listen, you have the propensity and the ability to choose with confidence. Listen, God, that is okay. Because, God, if you close that door, that only means that there's a bigger door that you're about to open up for me. I've heard it said this way, when God closes a door, that he opens a window. I don't exactly buy into that, because I think if God closes a door, he doesn't want you going in, whatever that place is. But I do think he'll open up a garage door for you to walk through over here. He'll close it for a reason. You see, I can't even count the number of times been doing this for a while now as a pastor that I've had the privilege of walking with people through life's storms and challenges and trials and sin and mess. And I say it all the time, discipleship is messy, man. You get in the muck, you get in the mud with people. But I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people transition through the storms of life where one door closes that, man, they thought that was the door, but God closes that door for some reason, and then within moments, another door opens up, and they walk through it. You know, one job ends, and we could lose our peace over that, but then all of a sudden, God opens up a whole other dimension of another job. He's like, no, 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 I'm closing that. I want you to walk through this. And I've experienced that myself in my life, and I know that you have, and sometimes Man, let's just be honest. Don't we lose our peace over the stupidest things? I just said stupid. I'm sorry. The, the craziest things sometimes. It, it, we, we, like things that we can't even control. You can't control the traffic like I can't control the traffic. Why, Sarah Watson, am I getting upset about the traffic? Okay, I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah, I, we can't do that. But we lose our peace over it, and then everybody else in the car suffers because of it. Sarah's coming up here with a microphone right now. Struggle's real, baby. <laughs> I, I think I should just sit down. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your employment. Maybe it's, you know, another relationship in your life where there's things that you want to control, that you want to see different, and you allow anxiety to come in, and you can't change that any more than you can change the weather outside. But we allow these things to make us anxious. And here's the deal. Anxiety brings heaviness to our life. It brings a heaviness on us that people can see it. They can sense it. They can feel it. You don't even have to say anything. You can just mope around. Just like, oh, what's wrong with you? I'm fine. Really? You alert your face, you know? <laughs> Praising Jesus, you know? I just... 
But there's a heaviness that can come on us when we constantly allow ourselves to live in anxiety. Can I just say one more thing here? And I say this with the utmost love. Another group of people that I've, I've talked with and I've heard, and I, and I just want to free you from this, you don't have to live with anxiety in your life. God did not design you to have to cope with anxiety. He didn't design you to have to figure out how do I make it through the day being an anxiety-driven person. No, listen, he designed you to live free of that. He didn't design you to have to have coping skills to deal with it. He's given you the joy of the Lord, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to put inside of you so that you don't have to live with that on a daily basis. Don't allow the enemy to dupe you into thinking that you have to go through your life this way. He's taking your heaven from earth. You see, anxiety in the dictionary is defined this way. It's a state of uneasiness. Worry is decide, uh, d described as an abnormal fear that lacks a specific cause. I like that. An abnormal fear that lacks a specific cause. An uneasiness. Sometimes, listen, this is uneasiness. It's vague. It's uneasy. It's vague. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You, you know, there's no specific cause or course. That, the reason that we're feeling the way we're, listen, the bottom line is this. Anxiety comes to steal your peace, period. Jesus, though, I love scripture. Come on, somebody. Because it always brings us back to the, the center. Jesus, in John 14, 1, in verse 27, he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm reading this from the Amplified Version because it really unpacks this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Uh, uh, distressed or agitated. Don't do it. Don't do that. And then he goes clear down to verse 27. Listen to this. Peace I leave with you. I'm leaving this place, but I'm leaving something with you called the Holy Spirit who's going to give you peace. Oh, by the way, come in October, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot and how you can live with the peace of God in your life every single moment of every single day. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now watch this. This unpacks it. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Man. Check, 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 I repent, yes, God. Wow. So what is peace? What is it? In Exodus 14, when Moses told the children to hold their peace, I think that's significant. That means uh, that they were to be still, they were to be rested, and to be confident in the difficult situation that they were in. You see, they're, they're in this moment where God was working on their behalf. They didn't see, I love the song that we just sang. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. That's where they were, and, and we have to rest and be still and have peace in those moments. So how do we do that? How do we get to that moment? You know, and here's the thing about it. It says that we're to hold our peace. I love that word hold because that means I, it, what is conveying to me is I can lose my peace, right? It can easily evade me if I don't hold my peace. And so I want you to take your hands right now and I just kind of put your hands like, you gotta, you've got to hold your peace. 
And a lot of times when we get into situations, watch this, watch this. I'm holding peace right now, and there's something that needs my attention, and so I let it go, and I come over here. What happens? I just drop my peace. Spiritually, that is what happens in our life. We're holding our peace, we're holding our peace, a wind blows, something comes our way, we lay it down because we want to go address it. God says, I don't, you just need to hold this. Just hold on to your peace. I don't need you to do anything. Just talk to me, hold your peace. So how do we do that? How do we hold our peace? I want to give you three points in closing here. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> three things, real quick. How to, how to hold your peace. How do we do this? Number one, if you're taking notes, recognize that God is in control. Let's say that together. Recognize that God is in control. You see, when we stress out, when we think that we have to, we we, we stress out when we think we we have to keep our world in peace, (laughs) that we're the ones that keep it tightly fitted together. (laughs) Wow. You know, in the story of the Israelites, they were freaking out because they felt trapped. Like, I, I, there's no way out of this. God, what do we do? In the story that we just read of the disciples, they, they were freaking out because we're in the middle of a storm, God. How do I get through this? What are we going to do? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your peace. You see, we, we, we have to trust and recognize that God is in control. You know, see, I, I wrote it down this way this week. You know what worry is? Worry is temporary atheism. Think about it. Why would you say that in church? Let let me explain my thought here. Worry is temporary atheism. Listen, any time where you take your focus off of God and place it on something, you are temporarily losing sight of the fact that God is in control of your life, not a circumstance. And I'm placing, it's a temporary atheism that enters me because I'm basically saying in the moment that I've denied or forgotten that God exists. Man. Man. And you see, we have to believe that as God's children, things are ultimately going to work out for our good. It's good. We, I've read the back of the book, and we win. We have to believe that there is a favor on our life because we are God's children. If one door closes, he's going to open another door. We, listen, when we are submitted to God and our life is resting in him, We can't allow what's on the outside to get on the inside and to deflate our opinion of who God is in our life. Because honestly, your opinion doesn't matter anyway because God's not based off of that. But he's bigger than what you think. The Bible says that. He's he's wider, he's higher, he's deeper. How wide, how high? Let's go back to Bible basics. But we lose sight of that, and so this temporary atheism comes over our life, and we're like, oh, i got to face this on my own. (laughs) My goodness, he's been working behind the scenes on your behalf and for your behalf before this world was ever created. Think about it. Think about the, the span of eternity that's already taken place, and that long plus some, he's already been thinking about you and working for you. Romans eight twenty eight it says, and we know that all things, everybody say all things, Work together for the good of those who, God, who love God, those who are called according to his purposes. You see, one of the critical issues on this point that we're on right now is that we have to recognize is that our timing is not God's timing. 
You hear me? God's never late, but he's always on time. You hear me? And we have to recognize that God has a timing that's way outside of Josh Watson's will. He has a perfect timing for our lives. So number one, God is in control. Number two, check this out. Number two, God, uh, realize God's peace is not based on your circumstances. God's peace is not based on your circumstances. The peace of God, the Bible says, transcends all understanding. I love, let's go to Philippians 4, uh, 4, 6. I love this verse because it's so powerful. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious only for your family. Be anxious only, no, 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 no. What does it say? Be anxious for but in every prayer, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then watch this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Some of you just simply need the word of God in your life daily. We talked about it last week. Go back and listen to it so that you can find the peace of God in your life daily so that you don't have this thing going off like an explosion every moment that something doesn't go your way. You know, it kind of reminded me of the life of an eagle. If you study out the life of an eagle, it's pretty interesting. In fact, Scripture compares us to eagles a lot, especially uh, those that have uh, learned to overcome their circumstances and put their trust in God. We're compared to that of a life of an eagle. And an eagle has some pretty interesting traits and aspects about it. One of them, he's got, just like us, he's got some people that are against him. You know, the crows like to pester the eagle. But when the crow flies in to pester the eagle, you know what the eagle does? He doesn't stay down there on the crow level and engage in conversation with him. Do you know what he does? He catches a thermal current and he flies up higher than any other bird can fly literally where he flies. Other birds can't even breathe. It's been known, they've, they've actually been seen 15,000 feet in the air. Can you believe that? It's amazing. They, they, they watch this. He takes a thermal current, which is created by the sun. It warms the air. He flies high. He gets closer to the sun. Do you see where I'm going with? You need to get closer to the sun and rise above some of the situations in your life. See, some of us, we're hanging out with crows and chickens, and we wonder why we're frustrated and full of anxiety. Does it? I never intend, I, just, I designed you to soar. Get off the ground. Let's go somewhere together. Don't just sit here, oh, I wish it wasn't this way in my life. Man, you're just sapping our energy and everybody else's around you. Come on, soar above it. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I got to get to number three real fast here. Okay, number three. Number one, recognize God is in control. Number two, peace is not based on your circumstances. Remember that, remember that. Oh, remember that tomorrow morning in your conversation at work. It's not circumstantial. Number three, there's power in the practice. Uh, remember to practice the presence of God. Practice the presence of God. Worship team, you can come up. We'll be wrapping up here in just a minute. Practice the presence of God. Last week I told you something, and I hope you took this to your heart, but there's power in the daily. Anybody remember that? There's power in the daily. You know, we have to grasp and get a hold of the peace of God in our life and maintain that peace throughout our days. And the way we do that is in the daily. It's in the daily. We practice the presence of God. 
I want to give you a quote from the book Mere Christianity. Some of you probably read it. It's C.S. Lewis says this. It's going to be on the screen for you, but it's really interesting. He says this. He says, the real problem of Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. Isn't that interesting? Because I know in my life it's sure true. In my life when I wake up, it's not natural for my bent to go here, especially when my alarm clock goes off because I can so easily go to Facebook now. I can so easily go to the news. But C.S. Lewis said, no, 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 the problem comes in the very moment that you wake up each morning. It says this, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back. Push them back. In listening to the voice, in, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. Isn't that good? What if we just all did that this week? My goodness. You see, when you wake up in the morning and you set your mindset, the power of the daily, every day I set my mind on the things of God, on God's word. Man, I, there's so much power in that. It changes your perspective. It gets you out of anxiety and worry and stress and fear, all these things. It moves you. It moves you upward. So how do I do that? How do I practice this? How do I live these things out? Listen, in the month of October, we're going to do it together. And I want to close by just casting just a little vision with you for what we're going to do next month. Next month is going to be a powerful month here at Lee Church. We're going to call it, uh, really, uh, next week we're going to wrap up the series we're in right here, and then we're going to do a whole focus for the rest of the month on the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to encourage you, don't miss a single service. It's going to be so powerful. But through the whole month, what we're going to do is we're going to have a 30-day a, a focus, 31 days of prayer at Lead Church, where we're going to focus on the vision of this house, focus on each of you as individuals as well in your own family units, but we're going to provide you with a guide to help you in that process in order to help establish the power of the daily in your life. How many of y'all want to see Lead Church go somewhere other than a gymnasium in a school? How many of y'all want to see us expand our influence in this city? How many of y'all want to see us go from baptizing six people in a service on a Sunday night to 60 to 600? I believe with all my heart that we can do that, and I believe we're showing you a tool to get us there. That it's the power of the daily where we all say together, this is the house where God's established us. And we're going to put some focused effort and thought towards it. But not just this corporate body, but my my personal family as well. Again, also, at the end of the month, my good pastor, friend, is a spiritual mentor and, and pastor in my life. Mark Evans is going to be here. He actually sits on our board of overseers. He's going to be here, and I've never, uh, one of the strongest, most anointed men I've ever uh, met in my life. The man flows in the prophetic like nobody's business. And he's going to come the last week of the month as we lead up to this, and we're going to have an encounter weekend where he's going to be here in this place. We're going to have a Saturday session where we're going to get together for breakfast together right over at the water park. We're going to feed you breakfast, and he's going to just input into us and speak leadership into us. So if you serve anywhere at Lead Church, you're invited to be part of that. 
just got to serve and be part of the team and say, this is my house. Come, join. He's going to speak there. Then that next Sunday, he'll be here in the morning services. We'll conclude our services on the, uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. But then that night, we're going to have an encounter night where he's going to, man, it's just going to be a night of worship where he's going to pray over us and speak over each of you individually as well. But I believe that we're going to break some ground up right now by starting the month in prayer together. Come on, somebody. And we're going to see God do some amazing things at the end of the month. Amazing things for you, for your family, and for this spiritual family. I believe breakthrough is happening in the month of November or October. It's going to happen. I stood up confidently on the very first day of this year. And I declared that in this year, it would be a season of completion for you, for your family, and for this church. And I still stand here today with as much confidence as ever, knowing, listen, God is still, even when we don't see it, come on, let's go back to that song, he's still moving. Even when we don't think, he's still moving. But we're going to sow into the ground that we're saying, God, we want you to move in. And so I just want to release you from some anxiety in your life this next month. Practice this, and let's see what God does. I'm way over on time. My team is going to get all over me in about two minutes when I dismiss you. But I hope that this was good. I hope you got something in you. There'll be more talk about this as we go. And uh, we're going to provide you with some things this week. We're going to put some tools in your hand. Be watching on internet, social media, text. All those different ways we'll communicate with you, but we're going to put some tools in your hand. But I believe God's going to break some things off of you. He's going to place some things in you, and together we are going to experience the goodness and the fullness of God. Amen? Amen. All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to transition service right now. Uh, Dustin, I hope that's okay. Uh, Listen, come back tonight, 5 o'clock. It's going to be an awesome time together. How many of y'all come and wave at me? Everybody wait. Just make me, there you go, good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So come back tonight, 5 o'clock. We're going to baptize some people. It's going to be a great time. But let me release you. Father, I thank you right now for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place today. Lord, I thank you that you've been here speaking through me to your people. And I pray that, Father, anything that was Josh Watson, Father, leave it on the cutting room floor right now. But, Father, everything that was of the Spirit... Father, let it linger, let it remain, let it stick. And Father, let us not be just hearers of your word, but doers as we leave this place. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. And Lord, we release in this place a spirit of freedom, a spirit of peace right now in Jesus' name. Anxiety and fear, you have no control, no authority anymore. In the name of Jesus, it is gone. It is finished. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. I love you, Lee Church. Have a great day.